On this episode of Resi Week, CD Expo's registration is open, Crustron launches Bring Your Own Device products, and Samsung is now working with LG OLEDs. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 382, The Way We're Going. Hey, welcome to this episode of Resi Week, your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv, and this week I'm pleased to be joined by two of my good friends. First, we have Mr. Dennis Holzer. He's the CEO of Powerhouse Alliance. How are you doing, Dennis? I am doing great. Great to talk to you guys, and thanks for having me, Matt. Hey, thanks for being here. Also as as the canadian of the show thanks for uh thanks and also <laughs> congratulations uh on opening the first powerhouse alliance uh location in canada that's that's huge yeah, yeah it's... we're not talking about it today but kudos <laughs> <laughs> it's still is huge it's it is, still it, huge it's yeah. it's absolutely huge and uh dennis is now understanding the joys of working in canada and we'll leave it at that uh <laughs> The other gentleman joining us today is my good friend, Mr. Joseph Whitaker. He's the VP of Business Development for Origin Acoustics. How are you doing, Joey? I am glad to be back on the show, and it's on a Tuesday and not a Monday, which is just, you know. Well, Memorial Day for, for y'all. I mean, you guys don't celebrate that anyways. So. No, no, and typically I take it off because I can. Uh, yesterday I did yes. not. I, I worked all day. Um, we have a, uh, a holiday the week before, which is why, um, Rich filled in for me last week called Victoria day. Um, which I don't know if that's going to change to, uh, King, whatever his name is. Um, the new King day. I, don't, I have no idea. Um, but yeah, so we, we celebrate a week earlier. Um, so, so you get two for every American one is it? when I can. Yes. So like. I will take off July 1st, which is Canada Day, uh, and then I will also take off July 4th, which is uh, obviously uh, Independence Day um, or July 4th, however you talk about it, because um, my wife's American, so I feel like I can validate that. And my kids are now Americans, so... Thanksgiving is another one. Yep. I do both of them, because uh, it's turkey. Why not? All right, gentlemen, uh, we're, we'll touch on this briefly for a second. This comes to us from CE Pro. Uh, CDA Expo 2023's uh, registration is now open for the Denver outing. Uh, there will be over 350 exhibiting brands and 150,000 square feet uh, in the Mile High City for this as well. It's it's the first year where they're co-locating, there we go, uh, the Commercial Integrator Expo as well. So there'll be a, it's not a pop-up, but it, it'll be a, a, a commercial aspect uh, to the show as well. Um, so if you haven't registered for that, go do that uh, quickly. Also, if you haven't uh, booked hotels for that, check that out because it, it's Denver. So those hotels are entertaining. Uh, so get that get that in your books. All right, let's move on to our, our first real story of the day. This comes to us from CE Pro. Uh, Crestron launches hefty a hefty array of hybrid work solutions at their uh, big Crestron event uh, this, well, la last week, I believe. Um, 
so they debuted a lot of really cool things uh, for really those hybrid workspaces, including a, a brand new soundbar, uh, some basic room control, uh, some small desk, uh, air media and, and speakerphone combos, et cetera. Dennis, let me, let me start with you on this one. Um, they're definitely focusing on the bring your own device side. They're squarely uh, going after some of the mainstay products that have been in that space. Um, but a lot of these have that kind of DIY feel to them. Is there, is it interesting to watch a company that is so deeply invested in the integration space going after that? And again, I realize this is not true DIY, right? But it is definitely integrator light for a lot of these products. Do it um, for me. Yeah. Is it interesting to watch um, some of the biggest players in that space move into the kind of do it for me, DIY-ish, um, not fully crazy integrated solution systems for those, uh, for those huddle-ish type spaces? I don't think it's crazy other than I think it's crazy for Crestron. You know, Crestron prides itself on being you know, higher end, um, much deeper into a lot of integration type things. So, you know, there's companies, lesser companies that can get away with something like that and introducing DIY stuff. I just think Crestron, that's not the name, as good a name as it is. It's not the name. And the other part of it, if, if you're a Crestron dealer with all the products they have not been able to deliver over the last year, um, you know, that's to go into a new category, let alone a DIY category. Um, you got to just raise your eyebrow and say, uh, shouldn't we be concentrating on what we're good at, getting better at what we're good at and delivering what we can't in lieu of a whole new category because everybody else is delivering that category. So I, I, I think I think it's the way we're going. And I, I use that term a lot now, Matt, where it's no a lot of people call it DIY, but I call it DIF, you know, do it for me yep. because there's a lot of people who, because Google has done such great things for us on the internet to say, Hey, this is easy until you get it home and there's screws in the box and you say, Oh crap, what do I do now? So, yeah. um, you know, I, I just think it's right, but it's wrong for them. That's a very good take. Joe, I, I, I've been watching this, and I've been quite interested with it um, because my company has done a fair amount of work in this space. Uh, we've got a lot of clients where we've provided solutions for them that are very similar to this. Um, what I'm also noticing, though, is our clientele that are asking for those things has been declining steadily and continues to decline because, again, it's so easy to go get you know, a logic tech bar or in, you know, soon one of these Crestron bars or, or, or whatever, and just have it put that in. Are we seeing more and more resi integrators not necessarily get asked for this as much, or, or is this still a great domain for the resi integrator who doesn't maybe have the chops to do a fully integrated boardroom? It, you know, I think it might be a little more about quality control. Um, you know, a, a corporate enterprise, they've got standards, whether it be video conferencing, 
um, voice, the way they share, share files. Um, there's a certain level of control that an enterprise needs. And then, you know, a consumer or an integrator walks in and says, okay, we're going to stick a Logitech bar or we're going to stick um, Vanco's Evo bar. We're mm -hmm. going to stick and there is a quality issue, right? It's not the same quality of what's in the boardrooms, conference rooms, huddle spaces at the enterprise location. So this allows... It's also continuity, right? Yes, yes. Also, yes, matches. Same to same. Like consistency, yeah. Consistency. Um, because you could guarantee all those, these, these may seem plug and play, um, a normal consumer is not going to be able to buy these. That's yeah. not the Crestron way. These will only come from Crestron integrators who can get in and out, right? They're doing the enterprise. You know, the average Crestron boardroom for a commercial integrator is under three hours, mm -hmm. right? So they can go into these executive level or marketing level or whatever the case may be, go slam one of these in and be done and be able to match the quality. And this also leads into all the other things that go along with it, you know, VPNs um, from enterprise into home. Um, it is a higher level of quality control. So, and us, Origin Acoustics, we work a lot with Crestron. So we kind of know about these things that are going on and where they're leading to. Well, they're leading to um, a higher level of control where the home office is now an extension of the enterprise office. Mm -hmm. um, and it's that way for them to be able to lock all those things down. Yeah, that's a really good point. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Let's change topics for a moment and... Uh... Go to a story that comes to us from Hidden Wires. Samsung is going to buy, <coughs> excuse me, OLED panels from LG to meet demand. You you may remember way back uh, in 2015, Samsung stopped making OLEDs and went uh, consistently with their QLEDs across the board uh, due to obviously the cost of manufacturing that. Uh, they have kind of changed direction and this year expect... Uh, or sorry, next year expect to get over 2 million displays from LG uh, and then increasing that to 3 million and 5 million uh, in subsequent years. Uh, initially, this will be for their 77 inch and 83 inch OLED displays. Uh, again, we've talked about this, gosh, Joe, for, for years and obviously it's finally happening. What does this mean for Samsung's direction in general? If they're if they're finally back in on OLED, right, and they're going to initially hit these two sizes, what is it going to do to their QLED market for those in that same size range? Um, and also the massive marketing push they've had on QLED to make it somewhat similar to OLED over the years. This is a big, there's nothing new to see here. I mean, I... I'm old enough to remember um, this exact same thing happening in the transition from plasma to LED. Mm -hmm. It's our, this is like, this is the same news, just a different format um, because we all remember JVC, Samsung yep. and LG. Oh, and Pioneer um, at that time <laughs> doing this exact same thing in the transition from plasma to LED. Of course, plasma had some qualities that LED couldn't match. And that's why we had some hangers on to plasma technology a little later than everybody else. This is the exact same thing. LED does have some advantages over OLED, at least right now. 
right? So we had some hangers on. Mm -hmm. Now, as that technology advances, the writing is on the wall for all those who've been late or came out with their own, you know, whatever it is, quantum dot technology um, to kind of compensate. But this is the same thing we've already seen from, you know, good old CRT to EDTV to HDT. This is just a repeat of the exact same thing. Um, and this time it just so happened that Samsung um, was the hanger on and LG has been the, you know, kind of the leader in the space where yeah. back in the day it was the other way around. Good old Lucky Gold Star didn't want to play with everybody. Well, now, um, you know, they were the ones that were kind of ahead of the curve. Great for them. Um, Samsung is the big name that everybody grabs over LG. So this is a win-win for everybody. I'm personally glad that Samsung is now hopping on the OLED train because now I'll buy one. So we'll see how that goes, but it is, it's just, it's just the same old, same old, same we've seen forever um, with any format uh, transition in displays. Yeah, that's a good point. Dennis, uh, obviously you guys distribute Samsung uh, quite a lot. Do you expect to see a complete transition into like the, the story obviously states that initially the supplies will be for those two models or those two sizes, but one would have to assume that that will very quickly trickle down into, you know, at, at bare minimum of 50. Um, do you expect to see not only OLED across the, the, the range as far as availability, but also do you think this will uh, essentially eliminate or, or, retire the QLED option? No, I, I, you know, as, and we do distribute Samsung. I, I've seen last couple of years as Samsung has decided to be, we're going to be everything to everybody. And if you want a TV, we are going to have it. And if it's QLED, OLED, BLED, CLED, DLED, we're, we're going to stock it. And so Samsung is going to be the name of TV that you're going to buy because there's nothing we don't have that you can't buy or that you could buy elsewhere. And so I think LG, you know, they have the capabilities to do it. And, you know, I can tell you, I've been in the industry for a couple of years. Um, I'm shocked by it because you would find these things happening in the U S but you know, when you get into the, to the Asian countries between China, Korea, and, and <clears throat> Japan, they seldom are willing to work with each other. Um, so that's what makes this unusual. Um, but obviously LG is going to make money on this. They have the capabilities to build it. Um, this allows, I don't think the QLED will go away. I think this allows Samsung to continue doing all the things they're doing and more of what they're doing in the capabilities they have. And this allows them not to have to set up capabilities for OLED and just add it onto the list. You know, Matt, and the, the other point on that is, is the manufacturer side. You know, why start with the 70-ishes and up? Um, it's called a safe-in-the-pocket gamble. Yeah. Smaller boxes with lighter weight are easier to ship, and I can offset cost on an experiment. Is this going to work or not? Um, Dennis just happens to be, you know, over there at Powerhouse. I don't 
typically buy my TVs retail. They all come from Powerhouse. <laughs> um, so when I get, <laughs> had to plug you there, Dennis, because that's actually a real thing. Like when I go buy a Samsung, I go right down the street to Pioneer Music and I go talk to those guys and say, I need a new TV. <laughs> so like I said, I will finally uh, make the OLED jump when this actually does happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as, as an old school guy. I still have plasmas everywhere. So, you know. All right, let's hit our last topic of the day. This comes to us from Residential Tech Today. Audio Advice Live is returning to Rally in August. Uh, we've covered this the last couple of years. Um, Audio Advice is a huge online um, direct-to-consumer and storefront uh, based in North Carolina. And in the summer, they do a huge kind of high-end home audio, home theater event uh, where they bring in all of their brands, a bunch of reps, and they take over a couple of hotels and just have a huge, like almost a mini Cedia for consumers. It, it's it's a really, really cool event. And um, we've talked to, I, I've talked to their their CEO before about this. And, you know, again, it, it's a really cool event. They get a lot of people out and they get a lot of people interested in uh, home theater from, from the consumer standpoint. Dennis, let me let me start with you on this. I, I I love this as a concept. I think it's amazing. But I'm also well aware that in the you know kind of in the CDA world, right? The average company is ten employees or less, right? They've got a book of business. Um, I don't remember those numbers off the top of my head, but it's not a you know it's not extravagant. They're they're you know we're all kind of mom and pop shops, right? And this is an awesome event that can be done by a company of this size and scale. But I always hear the, 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 the concept of every integrator should be able to put on some sort of, you know, lunch and learn or blah, 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 blah. Is that a practical approach or a practical option for your average integrator in our space? Is there anything we can do? that is similar to this for outreach to our customers? So I'm too old to admit how old I am, but <laughs> <laughs> when I was young, um, in a lot of states, and I'm based in Pittsburgh, so I can specifically speak about the one in Pittsburgh, we had a company called The Appliance Store in Pittsburgh, and they would rent out a convention center and what they would do is they would rent out booths to all of the vendors that they carry. Mm -hmm. And so a vendor or a consumer could come in. Now he paid an entry fee and he could look at Morant's. He could look at Denon, he, you know, and the list goes on and on, on audio and video, et cetera, et cetera. I, I think the problem, individual integrators cannot do this because mm -hmm. A, they don't have the scope. They don't have the size. The cost is is preventative, um, but I think there does need to be. Unfortunately, we've all relied, and I say we all, I'll count us yeah. as consumers on different products too that we're not involved in. What's the first thing you do on, you know, when you need to buy something? Almost now you go to Google to look, you know, what is it? How much is it? Where can you be bought, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that's the problem here that there needs to be, no matter how much you like or hate your neighbor, 
there needs to be a convention center, a convention center type setting. Um, and in essence, taking Cedia down a little bit smaller to the consumer level where integrators can buy a booth and show their services. Now, there are expo shows. There's home shows. We have one in Pittsburgh. And, you know, the guys that come in Pittsburgh, they, you know, they don't really get into the nitty gritty in electronics. They'll, they'll install a dish. There's a dish booth, you know, something yeah. general. But I think yeah. we've become so reliant on Google that it's hurting our business, frankly. And I know you and I have discussed this many times before. I got the old saying, just say no. Because we have so many residential guys that are quoting on like commercial jobs with the wrong product. And they're getting the job because they're quoting a cheaper price than what instead of a 70 volt system, they're putting in a receiver. I just had this around the corner here where it, there's a restaurant, the same landlord, and his TV blew out. And his TV is on 24 7, 365 with the menus. Well, he put a residential Vizio TV up there and and now he's <laughs> aggravated because it blew out in two years and he got to buy another 70 inch TV. And yeah. since it's the landlord called me and said, did the guy buy the wrong TV? I said he needed to buy a commercial TV that is meant for it's more money, but he gets the right product. So I, I think what these shows do is send some misinformation or in this case, it's not misinformation. It's a great show. But the problem is then people leave there and say, okay, how do I get that? Where do I get that? Who can install that? What do I do with it? Yeah. Is that what I need? Do I need a 100-watt receiver or a 50-watt receiver? So I, I think that's the problem. Um, we need to get back to a little bit of education in this market um, and start to explain. And, and the integrators... There are less and less stores that sell our products. It is a lot of it is coming through integrators now. Um, but if it's not, we right away resort to DIY too, which yeah. is also a problem. So I, I just think education has to become more prevalent, maybe downscaled from what you're talking about, upscaled from what we all have now. Joe, I'm, I'm glad he brought up home shows and, and I was going to go in a different direction, but I know for my company, we got out of home shows because to Dennis's point, everyone that came to the booth just wanted us to explain to them how to do something. And it cost a obscene amount of money for what it was. We would get maybe four to five qualified leads and none of them ever turned out because the people that, at least in our region, that shop home shows, they're not really looking for what we actually sell. They want to hang a TV on a fireplace. Um, is there any avenue for integrators to expand their reach without going to this extent? Because, you know, I think the side that is kind of overlooked with this kind of event is Audio Vice has a huge buy-in from all of their manufacturers. All of their partners are heavily involved in making this a thing. There's a, there's a integration company or a, it's more of a retail store, but they have an integration arm out in Calgary, uh, in, in Canada. And they do a summer sale every year. And they, I don't know if they still do it, but pre COVID they would rent out where the Calgary stampede is. So like a massive auditorium, uh, I'm sorry, a, a massive arena. And 
in all the concourses, they would set up and they would have special deals from every one of their manufacturers. So you could come in and get a great deal on something. But again, they're one of the few companies like audio Vice that's able to pull that off. Is there any avenue that allows integrators to actually get in front of semi-qualified customers? <laughs> like as loosely qualified Honestly, as no. possible. <laughs> no, yes, 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 kind of. Um, uh, your typical integrators, Cedia people, they cannot do um, what audio advice is doing simply by the fact of what audio device is doing is a scaled down version of CES for consumers with large credit limits, right? These are the Focals, the Macintoshes, the, these are expensive consumer facing brands. Um, if you look through like any of the press that went out, um, although they sell it, you didn't see Sonos's name mentioned because yep. that's a cheap, that's a relatively inexpensive consumer brand. It's all the big ones that consumers know the names of those brands. So they're coming to see those brands and get a deal on those brands. Integrators do not have enough of those brands. Having said that, an because I used to do it all the time, yeah. an integrator could turn that on its head and say, um, how do I get those qualified leads? Well, from the people that already qualified them. So you do like, you know, Dennis was talking about, you could do a lunch and learn, but you don't do it with consumers. You do with architects, you do with interior designers, you do that with people who have already pre-qualified the clients, and then you just piggyback on that. You know, it it, it is nothing to get a loyal um, interior designer based on a whole bunch of free cheese and wine and a little wow razzle dazzle, right? All of a sudden, those brands that the consumers have never heard of that you as an integrator sell are locked into the interior designer's mind because there was free cheese and wine. And then when they go talk to their already qualified clients that are not yet your clients, those are the brands that are coming out of their mouth. The Origin Acoustics, mm -hmm. the uh, whoever, the, whoever the case may be, the Control Fours, the Savants, the Crestrons. Those got locked into those interior designers' minds. So they're going to go, oh, no, no, no. Don't use Sonos. Use this. They're your eraser to erase all the brainwashed consumer electronics out and fill with actual products integrators sell. Doing builder shows, any of that, doing something like Audio Advice is doing, it's not going to work unless, like Dennis said, some locals get together, um, you know, and bury the hatchet to try to qualify an entire market, which is few and far between. I've only seen it a couple of times. So do the same thing but correct where your target is target those that will bring you already pre-qualified clients sell to them as a trickle down yeah that's a great point all right gentlemen let's wrap it there thank you both so much for joining us joe if people want to connect with you learn more about origin acoustics where can they do that i always say they could contact me directly hit me up on email joe at originacoustics.com you can find us on all the socials at joe whitaker or at origin acoustics and Ambisonic and all of our partner brands, which is too many to list in the time you're giving me. Um, so yeah, they can always find <laughs> us on social at origin. I love it. Dennis, my friend, thank you for joining us as well. If people want to connect with you, learn more about powerhouse Alliance, where can they do that? D Holzer at powerhousealliance.com or www.powerhousealliance.com. 
72 locations to say hello to you between this country and Canada. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, uh, we appreciate everybody. So, and thank Matt for having me. Joe, good to see you. So, and uh, we're welcome to say an OLED TV. Perfect. I love it. Uh, (laughs) Thank you all for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and most other social platforms. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. Thank you.